This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, my name is Truth Oladapo, co-founder and CEO of Vekeo. What I love about travel is going to a new place, understanding the local culture, bonding with the people, and understanding the business and economics that drives the culture and people. Hi, I'm Isabel Bernie, COO of Vekeo. And what I love about travel is getting to experience a different culture and also a different pace of life. So being a busy New Yorker where life is hectic, I love to get to, you know, a more remote destination, preferably a beach, and experience an authentic, you know, slower lifestyle like in Mexico, um, places like that, you know, Dominican Republic are are my favorite spots. What if I could guarantee you 10% higher income on your property? This company is changing the game for managing short-term property rental on long-term leases. They're here to help you with everything from marketing to furnishing. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Today, we're joined by a co-host, Jenny Silver. Hi, Jenny. Hello. It's good to be here. Awesome. I would love to hear, Isabel Truth, how can you guarantee a landlord a higher income? How's that work? So the way we do it is... You know, we examine the short-term rental market and see what kind of revenue um, the property can can hold. And we've developed um, a a proprietary pricing algorithm that basically scrapes Airbnb, VRBO, all the top rental websites, and and they can see the highest earning potential of the home. And then we compare that to the earning potential of the home as a long-term rental, and usually it's at least forty to fifty percent more. Well, you know, when you have short-term stays. So our process, you know, leverages that where we keep, you know, the majority of the profit because we're taking on the risk and then we pass along 10% of that upside to the landlords. So uh, could you explain so, risk in that scenario? What is the, sure. what is the risk? Sure. So, so it's, an, it's an arbitrage model and the risk is, of course, that somehow we miscalculate the, you know, the revenue generating capability of the home but you know using our technology you know that that has has historic data and and the fact that you know the vacation rental market is growing you know in leaps and bounds and is 100 billion already we're in the most popular travel destinations and we mm-hmm. specifically scope out homes that are good for groups so that we're not competing directly with hotels so our risk is actually really low but of course you know our model is different we're not just profit sharing so there is some risk involved if you were profit sharing, you're just, you know, whatever the listing makes, you're getting a percentage, but that's not as ideal for landlords who rely on the income. Mm. So we're absorbing that, you know, that risk from them and taking away the effort so that they can have true passive income. So to you... add to, mm. to that a little bit from a microeconomic, macroeconomic point of view, the risk is also, you know, a depression, uh, a downturn in travel, you know, if we go back to the Great Depression of 2008, lodging went down about 1.8%. It wasn't a ton for us because we're really focused on places where people need to be and the top cities, but it does go down um, in some in other second-tier markets, which we're in, but as we think of growing, 
we're building our company based on the fact that we can get 30% margin. So if there's a downturn, that could slip to 10% margin and we would have to you know, drive the business a little bit differently. So mm. those are some of the macroeconomic risks. Yeah. So do you take on the initial... Um like basically, if you're guaranteeing the amount that their rent is, are you? If you did take a loss, would you essentially finance that? Would you pay up the difference? That's correct. So they get yeah. they, they get that monthly payment regardless mm-hmm. of what we do. So yeah. that's their money. They get it. For us, we we make more. If there were to be a downturn, we would figure out. Would need to figure out um, finance that. As we're a profitable company, with um, that's ventured back, we do have you know um, money to you know, finance that now. And we haven't had run into that problem yet. I wanted to also (laughs) add that we do insure each home. So we partnered with proper insure and they insure for, um, you know, any kind of hurricane or something that would cause damage to the business if we were not able to rent the properties. Is there a greater risk of damage with short term rentals versus long term? So like, how would you convince a, a landlord who is used to renting long term that they should switch over to the short term rentals? Yeah, so there's there's a great misconception when it comes to damage in the home. Um, we noticed that. And after trying to save money, um, we started installing smart devices into homes and were able to see the coming and going. So inadvertently, it led to us actually seeing that people are spending less time in the home than we imagined. So for a short-term renter, you think New York, you think Miami, you think any of these places we're in, they come in late at night, they wake up very early to go see the city and to go spend time out, or they're going to, for, to work for a long day and meet co-workers at night. So they show up, they crash, they wake up the next morning, they're out again. So they're spending four, five, six hours, you know, seven hours in homes. A lot of times they're sleeping less. We're worried, we're worried that are they even sleeping at all. Sometimes they come in so late, they leave, and we can tell, you know, by opening and closing of the door, the sensors there. So we're we're now using that to market to landlords and we're fighting that misconception because that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing they come in. Like there are people coming and going. How is it that you know my home won't be more damaged? And then we give them this data and say, look, your home is actually gonna last longer now because they're not cooking, they're barely in the home. If you're a long-term person is cooking, doing different things yeah. that actually brings in wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So that's how we win landlords over. It's actually being used less. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the homes are being used less. And we're using this tracking data. Um, to kind of in the future, we're going to be more of a platform and a data um, company. And so we can use that to predict, you know, renovations and things like that, where now the average renovation is five years. It's probably going to be like seven, eight, you know, nine in the future. Mm-hmm. And we can plan for that. What are some of the um, uh, kind of implications with short term property rental that you're seeing? Because does this I mean, there's obviously a large conversation over whether or not this just increases rent overall. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So for a consumer's end, are you basically banking on the nomadic lifestyle or, you know, um, what are some of the the results of some of the services you provide? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're banking on the nomad lifestyle. Um, it was one of the big driver after our initial uh, ferry into this um, space, trying to solve a problem for ourselves. Then when we decided we want to turn to a business, we had to think of the 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 future as we imagined it what what's the future of travel going to be like what's the f- you know future of living going to be like given our space and we noticed that the nomad culture is is growing you know there's the senior nomad cultures and they're you know people who are now the influencers in that market um showing and you know with millions of uh, followers um you know as they travel around the world so for us we we see that and that's great um 
but we also noticed that you know it's over 40 percent of jobs are now remote and it's and it's growing so we imagine a future where people will forgo the long-term leases most people will especially young people and they will decide maybe January and February, I'm, I'm working in Argentina. And then in the spring, I'm going to be in New York. And in the winter, I'm going to be somewhere else where they will balance that cost over time based on where they're staying. So that overall, they're actually spending less than being in San Francisco the entire time. So that's kind of how I imagined it. And that's kind of like the future I imagine. Um, and, you know, we're taking that into place as we're building the company. You know, from my perspective, and and this is, I guess, less projecting into the future, but just thinking of what's happening right now is that people are really moving away from hotels more than ever, especially families and groups. They've decided that they're not willing to pay the, you know, gouging prices for a tiny little box and they want a kitchen. They want separate rooms. It's just a much more comfortable way, you know, to travel and I think that is, you know, really a big implication for our business is that we're able to provide these flexible, you know, accommodations that have more privacy and, you know, more sleeping arrangement options than you would at a hotel where they usually limit the number of people and your, your group is split. So I think we're moving, you know, to a place where people actually prefer vacation rentals and it's not just, oh, I want to save money. It's actually you know, this is this is my desired way to travel. And I think once you start traveling that way, you kind of get hooked on the deals you can get and the value you can get from it. It's just a more it's a more exciting booking experience than just your typical hotel room. So yeah. that's 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 really big for our business. Can you um go back to going back to the security system that you mentioned earlier? Does that amount to surveillance in the homes? No, because it's all, you know, passive just sensors we, we don't know who's there we just know someone opened the door Got and it. someone closed the door it's all things that are already in your home when you think of adt um a security system they have sensors that say oh there's motion in the living room or or there's someone who just walked into the door nothing no you know cameras are on the outside um and and that's kind of like to make sure like they're safe the streets and things like that but no cameras in the home or you know no surveillance and no one's actively monitoring it it's just on the outside if there were if we ever wanted to go back and say something happened you know then on the outside we'd see it so we have like ring doorbell that you know just records the external um visuals there so nothing invasive when it comes to like systems i think this is a good time to take a break and uh you know when we get back and dig a little deeper into the ops and marketing side but you have something here for us what is it that you brought yes yeah, so we brought different kinds of chocolate and chocolate covered macaroons which you know i'm jewish so this is a you know passover's coming up and this is a this is a favorite dessert for me and i think a lot of people enjoy this dessert regardless of their religion so we wanted to share that Awesome. Yeah, Let's dig in. Sounds great. Coming up, you're going to hear from Isabel and Truth about some of the logistics behind Vakeo, uh, what it means to really approach a super host, and some of their success in early crowdfunding. Hey, everybody. This is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think. 
but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's do logistics. I want to know about a 48-hour 48, 48 turnaround. That is nice. very impressive because you're going straight from an empty apartment to fully furnished. How did, yeah. how did you make that happen? Was that already built in from the plant, like the like origin of the ko or is that like a new feature so i would it was built in from the beginning we were always determined to be profitable from day one we bootstrapped the company the first year to a million dollars in revenue so i think it was born out of that and really about getting the listing you know ready for the first guest in 48 hours is a lot of pre-planning so we sign the lease, we'll move in seven to days to 10 days after signing the lease. And in those, you know, in that period before we're placing all the orders We're we're partnered with Ikea and Wayfair. So they're able to do next day delivery for us. And then we have our moving team work with the super host in tandem to ensure that everything is available and that, you know, we'll do everything from putting a hotspot in the unit if we need to, to make sure that there's internet to, you know, calling up the AT&T guys and like, you know, ensuring they're going to be there on that first day. So mm. I would say it is doable. It, it sounds a little crazy, but with the right team working together with, you know, our our people in the office, with our people on the ground, it, it can happen. Are, so. you, are you finding that like, so you already pre-negotiated uh, deals with Wayfair and you said Ikea was the other one? Ikea, yeah. Uh, prior to having any customers? No, no. So before yeah. we started off Craigslist. Yeah. Um, um. So we go on Craigslist, see what's available, we'll grab it, get a truck, go pick it up, and get it all set up. <laughs> that so. is bootstrap. Yeah, yes. I love it. Yes. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So uh, we did it all on our own in the beginning, <laughs> you know, with yeah. maybe one helper. You know, yeah. It was pretty crazy. I carried the couch by myself upstairs when like help we couldn't find help, and it's like it's got to get done in time. So. Well, oh, yeah, man. it was intense in the early it was days. Before they had um, uh, Task uh, Rabbit. Task Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yes. When did the company start? So we've been handling um, or managing a handful of homes um, six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, even longer than that, about eight years ago. We originally started out on couch, on couch surfing, um, even before Airbnb was here, um, just hosting there. But it wasn't, it was nothing like this. It was just um, renting out a couch or an extra room. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Airbnb, started f- furnishing and managing a handful of homes for a few years. And then only the business itself, when we, we launched and started growing fast, was only a year ago. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So we have, we have a long list of experience, long t- experience in the industry. 
Mm. going back about 10 years now. It's changed quite a bit since, I mean, six years ago, Airbnb was like a completely different animal in in many ways. I mean, your your volume must have just skyrocketed since then at that point. Um, What was it like picking up landlords? Because, you know, what does user acquisition for that look like? You know, is it it a long sales cycle? Is it, how did you approach that market? So... Now that landlords have started to get wind of our business and we have a little bit of a network effect with our super hosts and our current landlords going around evangelizing the business and then, of course, now our crowdfunding campaign, getting some press, going through 500 startups, all, you know, really putting ourselves out there has helped us get landlords coming inbound to us on the website where they put in their address, they get an instant rental offer, and we're off to the races to, you know, lease their property. But we also have an inside sales you know, team mm-hmm. that is calling landlords who list their homes on Zillow for long-term renters. And then it's a pretty quick sales cycle. So it takes about a day or two for them to learn, you know, about our model and understand it because it is a unique offering. But we're offering to be their no free property manager and give them higher income. Mm-hmm. So it really is a high, you know, a very good value prop for them. So they convert pretty well. We're talking about 30% of the landlords we speak to convert into, you know, VKO landlords. So I think that, you know, as we continue to improve our technology and and also just our marketing and our reach, we'll have even more landlords coming inbound and eventually hopefully all landlords coming inbound on the website. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, you know, the original or the, the inception of the actual business model, um, it was discovered by a landlord. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had a few um, apartments we're managing and the landlord contacted us and said, hey, you know, I heard you through my, it was our maintenance person that you, you're doing, you're managing properties and you're doing well. Um, I'd love for you to manage my property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me 50%, 15% above market. And we said, well, you know, we're just starting out. We just had a handful of properties. We can't really give you 15. We'll give you five. And we'll, you know, as we, get more data or increase it so that's kind of how the original model was was created and then mm-hmm. we eventually moved it up to 10 percent, which um is feasible given um the historic data that we have and you know that's how we came up with the actual business one and that's why it's also appealing to landlords because that's how they see it and and, and love having that guarantee so they can just have this passive income i think you mentioned earlier that you guys are in six markets now can you tell me what they are sure San Diego, Miami, Tampa, Mountain View, Philly, and New York. Got it. Um, Which one did you start in? We started in New York, Mm -hmm. and then we moved to San Diego and Miami, you know, because we read that they were the top rental markets in the country for vacation rentals. And also they have better regulation, so we weren't dealing with as much regulation there. So. Um, from there, we um, went to Philly, and then our most recent markets um, were Tampa and Silicon Valley. When we were at 500 startups, a lot, a few of our investors were like, "Have you thought of, you know, opening here? Because there's a huge um, shortage of vacation rentals." So it was actually it turned out to be a great market for us because a lot of landlords are hands-on with their properties and would rather not be there busy, you know, running tech companies and doing, you know, things in that industry. So we've been, you know, we've seen a lot of success in, in, in the Mountain View, Silicon Valley area. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned that you, uh, well, 
a moment ago you mentioned superhosts. So how is it that Vicao interacts with the superhosts? So the superhosts are to Vicao what you know an Uber driver is to Uber. Mm. You know, we rely on them to handle all the on the ground operations. So it, it's a similar coefficient um, in the sense that they're independent contractors who are really good at what they do. They love hosting and they've they've proven that they're that they're, you know, excellent in that. And some of them come to us because we now have a way for them to quickly onboard on our website. And then sometimes we'll reach out to them, you know, going through listings um, on Airbnb. You can they, they can match you with a local super host. So so there's different ways that we're able to find them. And then others are referred to us from people on the ground who who say, oh, you know, we know somebody that's already hosting successfully in, in the in the area. So in the um, uh, I just we, we see a good amount of founders who want to be working with super hosts and don't necessarily have a a tangible value prop for them and in some regards. So what um, what are some of the ways that you first incentivize Superhost to work with, with Vikeo? Given, you know, how we were host ourselves and we were one of the top hosts in New York, um, in the early days, we, you know, our home at one point was in the, the first page, you know, first home, and we were the first to reach almost a thousand reviews. So, we were, you know, we were up there and even when some of these um, ancillary services would start they would reach out to us and say you're doing so well on airbnb can we help you with this can we help you with that so you know like companies like um amv properly a lot of those companies would come to us and say you know you're doing well we'd love to manage your business um so we we were super host ourselves in that mm-hmm. in that sense and we wanted we stumbled into the system by as we expanded we wanted to get people who would you know manage the home and we first tried cleaners and and you know would get a lot of turnover and would have to like you know hire a cleaner last minute and then we said well if it worked well um with people who are already hosting it why don't we just find that so we found that out you know just going to conferences we met a super host was like you know i love what you guys are doing you guys have a multiple property i would like to get a second property but it's hard i have to come as a landlord or buy a property so it's like what if we just gave you properties and you just do what you love doing mm-hmm. so we tried it out um you know using that first super host it worked out well and then we said, okay, that that's a model that we love, and we would just continue to focus on the landlord side of things and just let the superos, you know, do what they do. And they get a commission then, and on they that. get a ten percent commission wow. um, from what we make. Nice. So it's really mm-hmm. it's a mutual understanding, and you know, it works for everyone. It's okay. the natural process of of them hosting. They're used to getting a percentage. If you really look at how it works on on Airbnb, it's you know, everybody takes a percentage, everyone kind of gets their own cut. Yeah. yeah. Are there certain markets where there are a lot of super hosts? Like, are they concentrated in certain places? So we, it, it's not a problem in our markets because we're also starting out at the big markets. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are super hosts everywhere. And the concept of super hosts isn't necessarily tied to the word or how Airbnb has defined it. It's, you know, essentially someone was hosted, um, you know, more than 40 50 people and they have you know five star rating um very high rating mm-hmm. um on any platform that's someone we can consider as a super host and we bring them in interview them background check and make sure they also fit into our model because our model is slightly different in that they handle all the off on the ground and we handle all the online 
um, communication and right. the platform. So, got mm. it. Are there any kind of um, kind of hitches in that where uh, where you know your communications have to tie directly to a super host because of something last minute or something like that? Is there any you know how do you manage kind of expectations on the ground if you guys are handling the communications? If I understood that correctly. Well, we track and monitor the reviews, um, mm. you know, from that, from a particular super host. So we can easily see since each super host is assigned their own property, you know, how they're, how they're performing and mm. over time, you know, be able to assess whether we want to continue with them if, you know, or not, or give them more homes if they have the capacity to do, to uh, manage people and take on more homes. So they communicate very well with our with our remote you know customer service team and we're also building a low touch superhost tool um that's it's already launched but we're making improvements upon it where they'll be able to fully manage every aspect of of their job you know from check-in to cleaning to repair management all from their phone so that will definitely be a game changer for them yeah mm-hmm. so for us now you know we launched to product that are new um, to the industry, which is, you know, the first is the pricing tool for the landlords. And then we have an automatic super host matching tool um, that matches them with a home based on, you know, the different criteria set, one being location and other algorithms that we're building. So we launched that, the initial version, and mm-hmm. we continue to improve that. Yeah. Interesting. And you guys are getting some, um, some notoriety right now because you're doing a crowd, well, you've already kind of exceeded your crowdfunding <laughs> Minimum was it like three hundred investors, one hundred fifty k at this point, or something like that? So, what are some of the? You know, that's a pretty fast raise. Um, what was kind of the hopes with some of that? Um, uh, is it going towards one product or another, or yeah, what are you guys thinking? Of? For that, I, you know, we launched that for a variety of reasons. You know, a, a big one is to get the word out there and find people who are, you know, passionate about our mission and want to be a part of our mission. And we really felt like there were so many landlords that were already evangelists. So why not let them become investors and, you know, also benefit from VKO's growth. So there was that element. Um, and we believe in the, you know, democratization of investing. And then the second piece is that we're going to use the money to help improve our quoting tools so that it's 100% accurate and we don't need, you know, a human to come in and intervene or tweak it. So that's going to take mm. machine learning technology, not, you know, not mm. just, um, you know, a, a basic algorithm. So we'll be using, to, you know, some of the funds to work on that. And then and then our second priority is improving our superhost management tool because that directly impacts operations and will allow us to scale, you know, so so much faster knowing that the superhost has everything they need in one place mm-hmm. and having it streamlined. Is yeah. the hope uh, international expansion or, you know? Well, with this um, current, um, you know, fundraising we're, we're not going international the goal is to scale into other bigger markets and then um in the other parts of the country first and then look into international in you know two years from now as as we continue to scale that's what we would plan for but we'll have a separate raise to cover the um expansion i would imagine um, I don't yes. think 150 gets you yeah. outside the outside the years. Yeah, so this, you know, allows us to build a community. It was requested mm-hmm. by a lot of, you know, family, friends, um, super hosts that we're working with or, or always thinking of ways where 
we can it's their business in a way um where 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 the leadership and we're um cultivating and growing it but you know ultimately they're the one building it so we want them to be a part of it we want them to help you know drive it forward so the crowdfunding to new way where you can do that um because um many companies have looked to see how we can incentivize these um drivers or you know not drivers as in uber but the drivers of the sharing economy it's not just the companies just people outside the company task rabbit people like that mm -hmm. so crowdfunding is a way to kind of let them own part of the company without dealing with the complications of creating you know secondary shares and things like that mm -hmm. right yeah. i think of vakeo I've heard of you actually before we met. Um, it's kind of becoming a little bit more of a household name, which is cool. Thank you. Um, but I I think that people tend to think of it as like a competitor to Airbnb, which is very welcome. So um, I think maybe that's part of it comes from that. It's like the ability to have in a certain level of involvement in something that seems like the next up and coming um, platform. So yeah, that's that's, cool. that's very true. And we get the confusion all the time. Yeah. Um, Airbnb is very big and everyone knows it at this point. And, you know, the, anything that comes out, many people have tried to be the NBA being competitor and, you know, that hasn't worked out well. Um, <laughs> and for us, you know, we, we never thought to be a competitor. We, we always wanted to, you know, do what we love and, and grow um, this part of the industry, the real estate part of it. So, you know, what we explain to people is that we're actually, you know, we're enabling Airbnb, we're bringing in more supplies, we're mm -hmm. helping landlords get passive income. And, you know, that that helps with them seeing where we stand. You know, we kind of see it as a three-pronged um, problem where you have the people who are buying properties and property owners, and you have those who are managing it, working on, you know, the use of the home and then you have the platform like airbnb that's just a marketplace so mm -hmm. we sit in the middle and you know we don't try to buy homes because that's a complicated process and we don't you know try to manage the um platform part because it's very easy you know airbnb spend five million on a super bowl advertisement and that just comes right into you know getting users for us so we love that everyone's doing a great job on their end. <laughs> yeah, screwing the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah we're we a partner. Know, yeah, we don't know how large you know the pie is going to be, um, and I think it was the CEO of uh, Booking.com that said it well. You know, once you got a, a, a question on the on the um, investor um, update, and you know, it's like, well, why aren't you competing with Expedia? And it's like, look, this industry is growing so quickly. Why should I worry about competing when? You know, the two biggest company only represent, I think back then it was like 12% of the entire industry. Yeah. So it just shows how fragmented it is and you didn't need to compete with anyone. You just need to go out there and, you know, work hard and bring in people and make people's life better when they travel. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Got that asset light model. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Nice. laughs> you guys specialize in large group travel. Is that right? So that's kind of a distinguishing factor too. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we found, you know, Isabel will speak more uh, about this, but we discovered it, um, you know, when we started and we would, you know, see people ask us questions like, you know, can someone sleep in the living room and can three couples, you know, come to this two bedroom or and, and they're trying to understand how it's set up. So we started realizing that we need to furnish it differently and provide more beds so they have that optionality. And then we also started noticing that the industry is shifting 
with Airbnb. And a lot of people are not paying attention to the group travel. Group travel was seen as corporate travel in the past with, you know, their whole team traveling. But now you have multi-generation travel. You have three young couples traveling and homes are better for that to begin with. But also the homes need to be furnished in a way that makes that better um, and makes the experience better. So that's what we're doing when we're saying we're furnishing um, for large groups is we're making that experience, creating demarcation wherever we can, or, and also just a lot of options. Even if the home can sleep 10 people and there's only six people there, you'll have the choice of whether you want to sleep in the living room or you know, you okay. want to share one room and things like that. And people love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could, I could add that, you know, we found that there's definitely a deficit of of supply that's catered to group travel. It could be because there aren't enough professional managers that are doing their own furnishings since we are pretty much alone in in that um, in that offering. So they'll just take whatever space they have and a space that's set up for, you know, a small family, even if it's a large home, is very different than how we would furnish it. So that being said, we're still very careful to make sure that we don't, you know, have parties and and there's many um, using smart technology and other precautions we take because that's not our model. But there are many, you know, groups traveling together to save money or just be together that that need these spaces and, and we're really filling a void in the market. So Airbnb, you know, is a partner for us because they they would love, you know, more homes that that fit that group. And they really open that market like never before. You know, people are traveling. It's they said it's growing, you know, 40 percent. The, there's a huge uptick in, in multi-generational travel. So coming up, we're going to push business aside and get to know Isabel and Truth a little bit better. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Now it's time for Off the Beaten Path with the help of our trusty flight attendant. Attention passenger Jenny Silver. Jenny Silver, please report to the information counter. That's you, Jenny. Look at that. Hey. You have to ask a personal question. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, Truth and Isabel, so, so you guys are a couple and also co-founders. Mm-hmm. So uh, how... How did this company come about? What what gave you the idea to start something together? So it's actually, it's a funny story. We started out as roommates and rented a place together and, you know, as, as friends platonically. And I had my room, he had his room. And then when, you know, we started dating and becoming a couple, I just naturally moved out of my room into his room. So we had this extra room. So that was around the same time that Airbnb was gaining attention. It was the early days of Airbnb, but everyone was talking about it in the city. 
And we were like, why not supplement our income and try renting out the spare bedroom? Yeah. And that's what launched our Smart. business. And it, you know, it booked out, the room booked out solid. And I remember like, you know, because first of all, there were less listings available. So I, th- I think it was about four to five months of renting that room covered the whole apartment's worth of rent for the year. That's awesome. So we were like, you know, it kind of hit a light bulb. Like this is a this is a serious you know opportunity here. People really want to rent our place, <laughs> you know. And it was a fifth floor walk up in the East Village. It was nothing special, but there was still a lot of demand for that room. <laughs> so yeah, that's how we. That's really how it all how it all began. Okay. It's a big step in the relationship moving rooms, moving it. It's like moving in together, yeah. but you already live together. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we skipped a few steps in the, in the natural process and that allowed us to get going quickly. Nice. <laughs> Back to our trusty flight attendant for our next question. Attention, passenger John Matson, report to gate 22. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's me. I would have assumed that. Um, I've got a question for you. Um, well, individually, where did you grow up? And from that, where would you like to live next? So I grew up in Great Neck, Long Island, which is interestingly home of many, many real estate families. <laughs> In fact, if you've lived in many places in New York, like I have, you're usually sending your check to Great Neck. I think it must be for tax reasons. But there's a huge, you know, um, Israeli and Persian population that um, own the majority of real estate in New York City. So I grew up exposed to, you know, hearing about real estate deals and and things like that. And then my father was, uh, or is, I should say, a leasing attorney. So he was always knee deep in leases. You know, that's all he that's all he did. He was very, very good at it. So it's just funny that, you know, I ended up becoming what we call lease lord because we hold many leases. So I had a lot of early exposure to the business in, in different ways. Yeah. For me, I grew up in Nigeria and, you know, just seeing how, you know, homes were built there and I've kind of always been interested in the in the space and once I came to the U.S., um, you know, I went to school here, graduated at 15 and didn't have a job. So I started helping house flippers, you know, trying to help them understand the market and also just being a helping hand um, during the re- renovation process. And that kind of like kept the interest in real estate or also reminded me of, you know, when I always I spend a lot of time just reading about Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, you know, using real estate as a means of financial to gain financial freedom and kind of get out of the rat race. So that's always kind of stayed behind my head. And, you know, the other part of the story that she explained um, when, you know, we decided to Airbnb was also around the time where I was, you know, planning to buy real estate in Florida and start, you know, managing it as a landlord. And, you know, we, we decided that, you know, renting the room was a better alternative and now we kind of have a mixture of both so hmm. it's it's kind of part of the um my journey and and you know her journey too it's, it's strange how it all worked out <laughs> <laughs> so where does that lead you next i mean where do we want to live yeah. permanently so 
you know, as we scale the company, we've been thinking about, you know, relocating to one of our major markets. I mean, we we really want to be where landlords need us the most and I think have the most excitement around the business. And right now, South Florida is winning out by a landslide. Um, mm-hmm. There seems to just be a proliferation of of landlords or really owners who own, you know, one or two properties. They've pooled money together with family members you know, and they need our help and they can't necessarily market the property well. They're not all English speaking and they're paying a lot of money to brokers to to kind of get that done. And it's not working out too well for them. And properties are sitting on the market, you know, higher than, you know, what Zillow says is the average amount is 45 days could still hurt, you know, an owner financially over time. But it seems that in South Florida, they're sitting on the market for 60, 90 days, even longer, depending on the season. And these are properties that could be very high revenue generating as as short-term rentals. So um, we have, you know, an excess of demand and a lot of the backlog of landlords that we're trying to um, clear our backlog now with new funding that's come in is coming from South Florida. So yeah. we see that as, as you know, definitely a potential headquarters for Vicao. Yeah, we, we have offices. And a nice place to live. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. So. We have offices in, in California, in New York. Um, you know, we're opening um, office in South Florida. But in terms of living, you know, we want to live everywhere. Um, we, <laughs> you know, I already travel a lot and we already travel a lot. Um, and so just continuing that, you know, Europe, Asia, you know, Africa is is still a little bit behind in terms of travel in, because, you know, most of the travels are for, um, you know, philanthropic um, things. And it's starting to change because the economy there is growing. So we see an opportunity to, you know, be a front runner there. And, you know, Airbnb managing homes is a really easy way to enter and kind of add supply and standardize the process. That's a very strong thing once you move from hotels we are very standard to homes who are the exact opposite of that so you know right. we plan to leave you know everywhere for as long as we need to get it on the go but our business model you know works on its own so it's not a big need to travel so we won't be crazy about it but would enjoy living you know our travel dreams as we build the company that's exciting nice. Yeah. Do you have a final thought that you'd like to share? Something it can be a reflection on this on this discussion or, you know, just your experiences generally. I would say that I think many people don't know, you know, the tremendous, you know, opportunities for prop tech and travel startups right now to scale, you know, like never before. I mean, this year alone, a hundred million dollars of VC money went to um, travel tech companies. So I would say that, you know, we've we've had incredible traction on Republic's crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, we're excited about the possibility to create wealth for people who are just, you know, passionate about the industry or are angel investors or, you know, love to, you know, even just get into it. So to check out our crowdfunding campaign, it's www.republic.co, C-O, backslash Vakeo, V-A-C-A-Y-O. Yeah, for me, you know, we, we want more people to um, join our mission. So as Isabel said, you know, check out the website, republic.co slash Vakeo. But also we, you know, I, I imagine a future where 
um, you know, travel is easy and, you know, most people I've met love traveling. I, I traveled a lot. I've been to six continents, um, you know, and the seventh continent, I'm looking forward to going there. So I see a future where more people will travel and we're, we're trying to make that possible um, and, uh, and focusing on both ends of the, the spectrum, which is, you know, helping people earn financial freedom through real estate, which is also providing easy access for people to be able to move around and um, find a convenient, comfortable um, place to l spend their time, live, um, work out of. Um, and we're really thinking about them when we furnish the home and when you know we're, we're setting it up, we, we want it to be very comfortable and, and just easier, which you know kind of falls in line with the trend that we're seeing. So you know I, I, I look forward to that future and I'm excited to just see as many people go into travel. Most people love it. Very few people do it just because of the risk involved. When you're traveling, anything could happen, and we're changing that. Great. And you guys mentioned a couple of ways to get involved, but is there an easy way for people to get in touch? Yes. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with us, you can go on our link, LinkedIn page, LinkedIn mm -hmm. slash in slash Vekeo. Um, you could also go vekeo.com and go to our Contact Us button on the bottom of the page. And we're excited and looking forward to hearing from you. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. It was really great to speak with you. And for my co-host, Jenny. Thanks, John. Um, I'm John Madsen, your host. Uh, bon voyage. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.